so now we get to the fun stuff. Yeah, let's go party. Let's do it, Mike. It's time. <laughs> it's finally time. <laughs> that was a very Oppenheimer sort of delivery there. On the okay, come on, Barbie. Let's go party. Let's go. You feel better? <laughs> Hey Barbie, can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday and so is tomorrow and every day from now until forever. Do you guys ever think about dying? When my heart breaks Some things have been happening that might be related When my world shakes Cold shower Ooh. Falling off my roof ah! And my heels are on the ground <gasps> Blood feet! What do I have to do? You have to go to the real world you can go back to your regular life, or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. Closer I am to Closer I am to I'm coming with you. Okay. Wow, this is the real world. What's going on? Why are these men looking at me? Yeah, they're also staring at me. Barbie in the real world. That's impossible. If this got out, this could mean extremely weird things for our world. This would be catastrophic! We haven't played with Barbie since we were like five years old. Oh. No one rests until this doll is back in a box. Even if nobody else sings along. Humans only have one ending. Get that Barbie! Ideas live forever. No, I won't let you do just one appendectomy. But I'm a man. But not a doctor. Can I talk to a doctor? You are talking to a doctor. Can I need a clicky pen? No. A sharp thing? No. There he is. Doctor! Somebody get security. It's Bobby Boots if you're still in doubt. So, my experience with this was uh, my wife dictating uh, as soon as she found out that there was one of those early access screenings, which is effectively just one evening showing the day before, so they can then roll that in to Thursdays and they're already rolling Thursdays gross into Friday to make a massive three day opening weekend, which Barbie certainly did not need any help with. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we did that for uh, mission impossible dead reckoning. So you can be pretty damn skippy. We're going to do that for Barbie because this (laughs) was, I mean, that's fair. (laughs) This was, uh, you know, her star Wars, I I guess. And it was for a lot of people, Um, a really fun experience to pull up because it was a Wednesday night. When we saw it, the parking lot was packed, and Amazing. it was just a wave of just pink clothing. Yeah, and then the lobby, uh, all of it. People were there early for their seats, and I don't know about your showing because I think you had probably a standard opening night, but for the mm-hmm. early access one, no previews. 
Mm. Um, so the 20 minutes leading up to it were just music videos with clips Amazing. from Barbie from the Barbie soundtrack. So uh, Warner Brothers has killed it on the marketing front. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know what they spent, but it was probably uh, equal to what they could pay, you know, a few hundred thousand <laughs> writers <laughs> and, and, and blow, yeah, you know, geez. the title yeah. actors. Um, hopefully the success, you know, continuing our sort of Barbenheimer uh, victory lap conversation of these two films uh, may uh, cause these executives to take their their hand off the big red button. You just came back from COVID. You have, as you Seriously. mentioned, this is the fourth biggest opening weekend of all time, and you want to shut down production. You want next summer to be uh, COVID times all over again. You want another tenant? Is that what right, you want? Right, right, exactly. I, mean, I, I kind of do, but you know, yeah, uh, you're the you're the one. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, I I definitely walked into this movie with a little bit of trepidation. Like I was like, God, I hope this is good. I really the hype, I maybe a bit too much. Yeah, like a and bit too it's, much of a TikTok trend. Yeah, and like so it's got it's got two really great things going for it going into the movie. One is that it's got this IP with a built-in huge amount of fans. Um and you've got like I would say one of our best young directors at the helm, Greta Gerwig, who is like, you know, in terms of movies that she directed herself, she hasn't. I love that. She, has, she hasn't misfired. I didn't I don't see remember. her first one. I, don't, like, I think I have seen it. I think I saw it before because I was an early. There was a my you know first podcast, War Machine versus War Horse. Uh, Dave can attest to this. I think back in 2014 or 15, I did like a Greta Gerwig triple feature. Yeah. Yeah. And I assure you, it was not anything that people. One of them was like Lola versus. Have you ever seen Lola nope. versus? Is that nope. um, It's probably on Peacock. I mean, I, that seems like you know, what they have. <laughs> You're just um, really angling for that sponsorship. This is. <laughs> it's because I, I paid for a year up front. Like I, you know, I keep saying four ninety nine. I'm I'm only in for like two bucks a month. And by God, there are some <laughs> movies that fit my criteria of sixty eight percent below uh-huh. coming straight uh-huh. from my Peacock subscription. I'm gonna get those two dollars a month. Get that. Uh, so I, I've been on the Greta Gerwig thing, but I sort of love how the uh, sort of co-directing, um, you know, Doesn't feature. count. <laughs> it's the Four Rooms equivalent. For yes. Her. We're just yes. doing that one. Nah, not so much. Um, it's yes, the following um, for Christopher Nolan. Like, did he really make that? Ah, that doesn't count. Memento. That's the first one. <laughs> that you know, I mentioned in our Oppenheimer episode that uh, Greta Gerwig is not you know Christopher Nolan as far as the you know the star of her own film mm-hmm. in the marketing necessarily. I think you know in well, can't even call it film Twitter anymore. Whatever uh, yeah, Twitter is called, wherever the film people yeah. have gone, film sky, uh, yeah. film threads, X, whatever we're talking bring, about uh, now. Film uh, Vero back because that's what I'm yeah. Gonna do. I'm gonna go. uh, you and the Jack, the Zack Snyder fans, you'll have a great old time on God, Vero. Yeah, then I'd have to, I'd have to tag that. I'd have come up with the Snyder cut angle. Although there is a Snyder, there's cut a Snyder cut joke, and it's great. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. So, so I walked in a little, kind of like I hope that I'm not building this up too much. Um, and wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be messed up if I was like, and it sucked. It's a terrible movie, but no, it's great. It would be Ghostbusters so 2016 all over again where you, you're like, man, I hope right, this works out. Right. Right. It would be one of those, like we were rooting for you. I wanted this to be funny. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be good, but this man, there is stuff that Greta Gerwig gets away with in this movie that I am still stunned that Mattel let happen. Like they essentially, 
cast a bunch of people as Mattel employees that use feminism as a cloak for horrible treatment of women. Like, I was like, how did you, how, how did you convince them to be like, yeah, yeah, that's funny enough. Will Ferrell. No one will believe that's real. I think a lot of it is Will Ferrell, who has, I think, spent the majority of his time in comedic roles playing jackasses, unrepentant yeah. jackasses, who totally. still are the heroes of Some their own stories. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And so, of course, strangely enough, Ryan Gosling is getting it seemingly more publicity than anyone else uh, for this movie, which is... I think I, I have mean, a reason for that. Not just that he's the dude, which is it's kind of unfortunate. It, I, it made yeah, me think of... Yeah. Uh, he gets the fun role, though. He gets to yes. have a good time. Well, I mean... I think it's... Is you know as much as they've marketed the hell out of this, he probably gets the genuinely surprising mm-hmm. turn or part mm-hmm. with with Ken, totally um, because they they leaned into you know the first twenty thirty minutes where it's like well he's just Ken you know right. he's the accessory uh, which is cool, um, but it there is a little bit of that concern when when people start immediately going nuts you have this very female specific film and i don't just mean with the creative team behind it but also the fact that you know my opening night it was like okay this is avengers infinity war for women and that's cool yeah. it's cool to, it's cool to see it's it's mama um, mia all over again it's great yes uh but what if uh you know pierce brosnan was and i know we we talk about him in a negative for his uh vocal stylings but Bro. what if <laughs> that's all you know 15 years later people were like oh yeah that was the one where pierce brosnan yeah. fucking ruled meryl who <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> exactly. um, and there's a little bit of the uh sort of the adam driver from uh, girls effect where he's the one that came, went on to become a huge star and it's like so in a show called girls <laughs> with a four-piece ensemble of young women who? um hmm. <laughs> You know, I'm still a what, Allison Williams guy. You know, uh, same, same. But she's same. probably destined to play a villain because of Get Out. She's that's okay. Be, she's that's always okay. going to be the you know she'll grow into her Karen roles. Uh, yes. I assume she'll just be the uh, the up and coming Karen. Well, she wasn't that in uh uh oh, what was the the fucking doll movie uh that that Megan? came out last year? Megan. She wasn't. She, like... she still makes some mistakes. Well, does she? <laughs> does she? Blameless. Uh, <laughs> But yes, um, I think strangely, even though Margot Robbie is playing Barbie, she's playing the lead character in this gigantic movie, I think her performance is a little undervalued here. I think she's really, really wonderful in this role, both emotionally she's and one, right? Yeah. She's playing the stoic one. Yes, in the, a way. St- the stereotypical Barbie, yes. Yeah. Um, but her physicality, especially. It's stunningly good. I did not know she was this good of a physical actor. Um, I knew she Come had. On, Dave, once upon a time in Hollywood, she she puts her dirty feet up on the screen for all of us that's, to see. That's different. That's a different thing. Um, but this is such um, the the movement <laughs> that she creates here. Driving past the just let that go. Fetish thing. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> um, I think her body movements are so specific in this movie. Um, and it would be very easy to kind of let that go by the wayside. Um, and she's also like very, like the emotional side of her character really works too. That specific scene with seeing the older woman on the bench, I think it's tremendously moving. And I think she's really excellent in that sequence and kind of throughout the whole thing. And yeah, she doesn't have the fun arc that, that Ken has certainly. Um, the one great thing about about Ryan Gosling getting all this publicity is that hopefully more people will watch the nice guys. 
uh, because that is probably his greatest comedic performance. We actually, after we saw this, I sat down with Tessa and we watched it and she loved it. And it was great to, it's great to see Ryan Gosling in a role like this because he's so good at everything. But I think he might be better comedy than he is drama. Like, I just think he's so, it's like Laurel and Hardy, Abbott and Costello level talent uh and he's so wonderful here but so is margot robbie they're very well matched meanwhile i thought you were gonna say crazy stupid love or give me a reason to watch that for the 200th time that's a i mean that's a different kind of comedic performance though that's a little like at least at the start kind of like it goes from like looking down on everyone to being very self-effacing as a for as opposed to like a physical comedy. There's like one or two physical bits in that movie, like the gigantic fight sequence. <laughs> Crazy stupid love. But Steve other than Carell's that, it's distant. Yes. Falls right into his penis. I mean, come on, Dave. What do you what do you Steve want? Steve Carell living the Cinema. dream. That is Cinema. That's Dave. right. Yes, absolutely. So Dave has a very particular taste. Uh, I had to pull up her name. I just uh, knew her as uh, Andy McDowell's daughter. You're more of a Margaret uh, Qualley. Margaret Qualley. You like her dirty feet better than Margaret Robbie's? I'm not engaging with this nonsense. (laughs) Margaret Qualley, also in The Nice Guys, by the way. So very nice connection there. That's not where I was going with that. I I know. Particular thing I want to talk about. Notice in Oppenheimer. You were all no over feet. the Florence Pugh sex scenes, but here, you know, we're not we're not doing that. There um, are no sex scenes in this movie. <laughs> well, I'm talking about another movie, Dave, and there's actually is there any sex? There's no sex in Tarantino movies either, really. No, uh, never. Talk never. of it sometimes, yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah, only as a means to incite violence amongst yes. <laughs> other men. Um, I wondered with Barbie as well that the first like the first twenty minutes so maybe even thirty is like just like it is just like a party. Like first there's a mm-hmm. literal party happening where Barbie starts to think about death and Honestly, uh, maybe the <laughs> loudest I have laughed at a theater in years. Like and I knew it was coming because they've sh- they'd shown that yeah, bit yeah. before mm-hmm. and it man, it just something about Margot Robbie. Guys ever think about dying in the middle of this gigantic beautiful glitter filled party at the dream at the dream house and then it's just like the you could hear both the literal and figurative record scratch it's fantastic great the difference if you know and there are a few between this and oppenheimer is uh <laughs> they're basically the same movie i mean really <laughs> this is I mean, the, you know, your poster that you have behind you for the zoom call effectively the same thing you know right. mashup um yeah, you know, you're you're gonna start with the fun bits with Barbie. Basically, any sort of trailer moment you can have mm-hmm. uh, is crammed into uh, your introduction to to Barbie Land, that that world. Um, you, know, you get to introduce us to all the different various Barbies, uh, the Kins. What I really like about the film is that the Kins, there is an arc with the the, the Ryan Gosling character in particular, but the Kins are so are one note, and then when they pick up mm-hmm. another note. They just go ahead and cross the previous one out. Yeah, They're like, I never happened for one, <laughs> for one, one thought, thought in my, my dumb head. Yeah, I just, I love that. Um, I wondered, I was like, Ooh, okay. I can feel the shift coming. Like, you mm-hmm, know, not only mm-hmm. from the, uh, as a plot point that Barbie has to go to the real world, but you know, okay. The, the fun is not going to last. Like once she gets smacked in the face, when we're, when you introduce the concept of a world, uh, ruled by by women, where it's just nothing but mimbos, as far as the the eye can see, um, and mimbos that you know, be, given the sort of uh, you know 
the the layout of the uh, as old Greg would say the the sort of downstairs uh, mix up <laughs> that there is no as Dave has said it's a is it truly a Tarantino movie? There's no sex in Barbie Land. There's no sex. <laughs> they kind of are aware that there should be. Yeah, what are we gonna do? Know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> which is cute. <laughs> Yes. But I wondered, how is this going to play like in this packed theater when the movie has to shift gears and say, okay, the fun's kind of over. When it has to smack yeah. you, it has to take you out of the cinematic world of Barbie and then put you back to what you just tried to escape from when you bought your ticket. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. Um, men rule the world and you know we're going to have to watch Margot Robbie just be ogled by, yeah. by guys and catcalled and... In your, uh, I'm, I'm assuming it was pretty crowded because if you saw yes. the opening weekend, it probably was. How did your audience take that when you uh, get that cold uh, splash of water? Did Ryan Gosling carry it enough with his dumb reactions to I think, the real world? I think just barely. Um, I think I think it's a tough pill to swallow. Um, and I think one thing I noticed is like this is why this is why we need female directors. Um, because despite the fact that she is being ogled and mentions the fact that she feels like there is a violent undertone to the way mm, that yes. she's being looked at, you do not feel like the camera is ever ogling her. And that's impressive given that she is constantly in either skimpy, skin tight or short outfits. And yet you never feel it never feels like it's leering. Um, and I think that's because of Greta Gerwig behind the camera, um, just expertly filming this in the way that you can see how beautiful Margot Robbie is. That's impossible not to see. They even make, I won't give it away that they make the greatest, like, fourth wall shattering joke that I've seen in a long, long time, uh, through the, through the narration of the movie. But there's never a point where you feel like the camera is ogling her, even though there's a scene where she is being catcalled and, Men saying terrible things. You never feel like, okay, and now we're going to zoom in so we can see what the men are looking at. Like, that's unimportant. It's usually an excuse. Like, this is a bad thing, but I still want to see it. But take a look. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Let me just make sure how bad this is. Yes, it's bad. Yeah, it's super bad. It's awful. (laughs) Uh, One of the things that I was really impressed with is how diverse this cast was. Um, It would have been very easy to just hire a bunch of beautiful skinny blondes as all of the Barbies. And they didn't do that, but they also didn't call attention to it. It wasn't like, well, this is the plus size Barbie and this is the trans Barbie and this is the black Barbie. They just happened to be that and they were fulfilling their characters in a perfect way. Like the fact that you have Issa Rae as President Barbie and they don't mention, (laughs) hey, we have a black president. It just happened to be Issa Rae, and I thought that was wonderfully handled as well. Well, I didn't much care for that. Uh, only in... – <laughs> Dave's going to love this in the edit. <laughs> I'm, about to get, I'm about to get nerdy on you, Dave. Okay. Only in that I am probably – you know, you said I'm one of I don't know how many that uh, preferred Tenet to, to Oppenheimer <laughs> or wants more Tenet action uh, in theaters next summer. <laughs> um, I'm probably also one of, I don't know, 12 that was like – super fucking pumped for a new season of project Greenlight, of which she was mm. like producing mm-hmm. and it was through her production company uh and because she was filming barbie at the time of the production of that one she couldn't really be on sets so i didn't get enough of her in the project Greenlight, and it's like she was advertised i was like okay cool i want to see how she handles this boy you you nope. saved that i was like mike's like you know what well, sucks diversity not interested <laughs> i mean 
I know what plays on a podcast. So I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm going to give you the hill turn. Then I'm going to bring out the yes. dork stuff. And by the time I get to my point, people are like tired. And they're like, what? It's Project <laughs> what Greenlight. Was, Fuck what that. What the hell is that? No one watches <laughs> Aren't that. Aren't you just a racist? Isn't that the part I was enjoying? <laughs> yeah, just go with that, guys. Mike is a racist. That's I mean, all I you think need to... <laughs> that's sadly would be a way to success in podcasting. But we're, yeah. we're going to avoid Ooh. that. Yeah. Um, I agree with what you're saying. And, uh, well, speaking of, you know, racists or whatever, bigots, um, I'm interested <laughs> to hear – yeah, not really, but I'm sure they will <laughs> complain about that diversity. However, that is what they always lean on. They're like, well, I don't care if it's diverse, but why do you have to draw attention to it? So, okay, it we're didn't. not here. So, what is what so what's the, the issue now? now? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. I just think there are, you know, it, it becomes like very nitpicky. There's like a couple moments where I feel like the movie drags just the slightest bit, maybe spending just a little bit too long in the real world before headed back. Um, but speaking of diversity, I also love that, you know, our two main, you know, for lack of a better term, like human characters, real people in the real world. I like that they didn't cast white actors in those parts. I like that we have, you know, two Latino women in that role, uh, one of whom was obsessed with Barbie and it and it expands the world of Barbie beyond little white girls. And I was like this is so great and America Ferrera has a speech that has been talked about a lot online later in the movie that is one for the ages and worth waiting for for sure. So I think if you if you feel yourself as you're watching it get a little a little impatient if you just like hold on it makes everything worth it in the end like i it's interesting there are moments where it it stops for a little bit but i wouldn't remove anything like i wouldn't edit any of that out i think it's all necessary yeah from what i've read uh in interviews <clears throat> apparently the sequence that uh, kept being brought up to uh, to cut out was with the uh, older woman at the bus stop uh, because it doesn't really move the plot forward no. uh, which is weird because um this is you know it's a strange sort of mad max fury road where it's just going in a circle it's like yes. you know the characters yes. just end up right back where they started and it's like what if we just went to the core concepts of barbie and and fix that because the human element as you mentioned in that speech which i have seen even in the positive reviews uh some people say like well it's, sometimes the script gets a little on the nose um I never have a problem with when it's family entertainment, which maybe that's right. where the, the, the right-leaning political views would have a problem that this is family-leaning entertainment. But I do think you're going to have a lot of children in the audience, and some of those lessons, I think they do have to be on the nose. Sometimes you should want the adult in the room to say what you mean, just to right. sort of impart your wisdom, as you were saying in Oppenheimer, on this newer generation. Mm -hmm. Give some guidance. Um, I I like that you do have the real bit of humanity come in and say like, you know, it, it is great that you have this now diverse line of Barbies, even though Will Ferrell does have a nice bit where it's like a real woman. Like, uh, no, like, and then <laughs> that's going to make a lot of money, sir. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I Fair mean, enough. <laughs> sure. Um, but in that speech, you know, what's being talked about is like, that is nice for the representation, but it's also, somewhat depressing that the only way you can have sort of this diverse line of women is if they're super fucking successful, like astronaut Barbie mm -hmm. or, you know, physicist Barbie or, or whatever, or Olympic gold medalist Barbie, as far as like, where mm -hmm. is the, the sort of real neurotic woman? And I think that may go to what I, I do have one slight complaint and it is the Kate McKinnon factor of mm. this Barbie where I feel like 
she is not only is she just playing very Kate McKinnon roles. So when we're talking about yes. Ryan Gosling getting the sort of surprise element, uh, as far as where his character went, <laughs> no not surprise so much here. Kate McKinnon, <laughs> yeah. I, and I actually kind of expected it. It's like the film had shown me enough. I had such confidence in it. And it's where it sort of zigs a little bit when I expected to zag. Mm-hmm. That I thought Kate McKinnon would be more than just the quest giver sort of NPC Barbie. And, Certainly her like introduction and the visual of her works. I've talked to people that have oh, seen yeah. the movie, just, you know, the coworkers, they, they, they loved Kate McKenna's stuff. So it's me being a little nitpicky and maybe enjoying the movie to a point that it keep, it kept elevating the expectations I had for it as I was watching it. That when it didn't meet those, I started yeah. to sort of doubt the moving target sense. of it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, without giving it away, Kate McKinnon's character doesn't have an arc. Other people have an arc around her. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so that's a little like the time disappointing is much too strong a word. It's just a little like, ah, I, I wish that we would have gone kind mm-hmm. of a different way with this, but I think the movie as a whole still really works. And, you know, if you had told me 10 years ago, that a Barbie movie would be in like your top five of the year. I definitely would not have believed you. Uh, there's no way that's going to happen, but this is what happens as we mentioned in the last episode, when you have a great director with vision and the most impressive thing about to me, I heard all this stuff before going to the movie. It's anti-man. It's, you know, it's sexist in the other direct, blah, blah, blah. And um, I found it interesting that this movie, I think has a lot to say about not only what the patriarchy does to women, but what it does to men and how it traps men in certain roles. And even if they don't want to be, and I think if anything, this is, it's, I mean, it sounds so ridiculous, but it's like pro human. It's not anti-man. It's not placing women above. Like there's an arc to this movie. When the movie starts in Barbie land, the women are in power and the men do not matter at all. Right. They are literally accessories. (laughs) They are only there to hopefully be noticed by the Barbies. That's it. And then, of course, during the movie, things change. And I think by the end, we get to like a more egalitarian place um, than we started or certainly than our world has. (laughs) I I think it's expertly written. I, I don't know about this. Like every interview I've heard is like. It's the greatest script I've ever re- I've ever read. I'm like, eh. I, I mean, it's good, it's very good, but let's chill. Like, this is not Chinatown. This is a very good script. I don't know about great, but it's very good and enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, I I am not really a fan of the script. I guess on its own because I think that it's the visuals. You could make, make a really bad movie out of the, what the same exact script. Oh, um, yeah. I think it's a pretty delicate balance to. You, I mean, there's a lot of statements that are being made here, and to make those palatable. And I'm not, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not getting into the like, uh, did I feel comforted enough as a man? Like, I actually don't <laughs> mind seeing you know men as even if the men just stayed as accessories. That's fine. I have plenty of film offerings where the women is the damsel in distress, absolutely, uh, the honeypot, whatever. You know, it's just mm-hmm. there as uh, eye candy or. Uh, to prove that this very macho man who really likes to just hang out with other men and try to emasculate them uh, is not gay. That's, I mean, that's a lot of like action movies where it's like, we really just have woman here just so it doesn't make people uncomfortable. If you start to think, wait a minute, like 
just dudes? Like that's yeah. Wait, is this going a different direction? Which also would be good. Are we? Yeah. Nope. I mean, nope. The... There's a lady tied to the train tracks. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That's what I call the dirty hairy effect, where he just peeps yes. into a window just to look at her breast, and then goes back to focusing solely yeah. on other yeah, men. Look at those. Okay, back to shooting people. <laughs> this is yes, absolutely. I I think this movie is remarkably well balanced, and I totally agree with you that this script on its own in the wrong hands um is a painful watch um but because again greta gerwig is in control here i think it really works and i saw a really interesting interview with her that made me really happy as a film fan because a lot of people a lot of directors will either do film or they'll do digital like they have one like nolan will always do it on film Mm -hmm. Fincher will always do it on digital because it's got to do 9,000 takes of every single scene. So it would get too expensive. But they talked to her about like why she didn't do this on film as where she did like Little Women. And she was like, well, I mean, look at the movie. It it should be like almost so bright. It's almost painful to look at. And you can't get that on film. You can get that on digital very, very easily because you can turn up those levels and really go for it. So I like the fact that she's thinking outside the box of where she's comfortable it's just like well i made little little women a period piece so it's going to have some grain to it and we're going to do it on film and it would have been very easy to be like well i'm a film director now we're only going to work on film and i like the fact that she's exploring and branching out and doing she threads a very impressive needle here that she makes kind of a radical movie within the structure of a corporate film made by a toy company and yet is somehow finding a way to take risks and make a movie about feminism and make a movie about the, uh, you know, the male gaze versus the female gaze. She managed to do all this and it's all really fun. It's a great time at the theater. Like I it was doesn't take loving three it. hours. No, only one. two, <laughs> only two. That's, <laughs> but I thought like a two hour Barbie movie. Are we really doing that? But, I think it really, really works. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Since I threw a little shade at Nolan there, um, what what do you think of uh, the announcement? Which we we never know if these these projects are announced and you know they may never go anywhere. But that she's going to do the Narnia series for Netflix. I just didn't. We already make these a bunch of times. I'm tired. Um, but. It does become a thing where because of who she is, I'm like, okay, I'm there. I'm there to see it. There are certain directors where like, you know, no matter what the the subject matter is, if you tell me Nolan or Scorsese or Spike Lee or Soderbergh or Greta Gerwig are doing a movie, then I'm like, okay, I trust you because she hasn't made a bad movie yet. So who am I to say, if, if you had told me 10 years ago she would make a great Barbie movie, I would not have believed you. And yet here we are. So until until she proves otherwise, I'm going to expect really good there work from is. her no matter what. Netflix shill day. He was trying to get me to watch something on Netflix earlier this afternoon. I was. Um, no, the sir. third part of Barbenheimer Weekend, <laughs> which is They Clone Tyrone, which is a lot of fun. You should definitely watch that if you have Netflix. But Mike won't because he's like, I'm waiting until some trash well, reality show comes back. Yeah, whenever to... Love is Blind comes back, I'll check it out. You know, whatever. Um, It'll be there. Like we've talked about. This is – I wish that that movie came out in a theater because it's another example of like it's a square on a screen. It'll be there whenever. Who there's gives no a event shit? status to it. Right. It doesn't matter. It will always like – 
I don't have to participate this weekend. Yeah. I can just watch yep. it. I mean, even I, I just about love is blind, but you know, Netflix tried to do a live event and they failed. And so yep. you're like, eh, yep. I'll just watch yep. it as a square whenever it's so on there. It's fine. Are you saying, are you saying that next week, uh, you're going to be there, uh, in costume for the haunted mansion when that <laughs> comes out? Ooh, man, that my, gonna... I'm loving that Disney just keeps face planting. It's uh, so good. Yeah, they are just going to run into the brick wall. that is Barbenheimer, <laughs> You know, Mission Impossible is third weekend. Um, mm-hmm. that, we haven't touched on the uh, QAnon movie, which why would we? But I, I find that I find that to be the unfortunate um, destroyer of worlds for Tom Cruise is maybe the old yeah. bucks who would have gone to Mission Impossible the second or True. third weekend, maybe going to whatever you know fake Jesus is <laughs> doing now. I don't. <laughs> yeah, man, I. That that movie is a struggle for me because I, you know, I've heard it's actually like a relatively high quality movie and about an important topic. But the fact that I would be funding QAnon, I'm like, nah, I'm good, actually. Uh, there's enough movies I haven't seen. I don't the churches just buy out the screens and you just show up and say, hey, my church bought this for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Can I go in? <laughs> this is an audio medium, but Dave just like sort of tapped his hands together. Like he didn't even want to do the praying motion for more than two seconds. I mean, that feels like dishonest. So I'm not going to do I'm going to be the one going in there, turning off the, you know, on and off the lights and cutting the AC to the screenings. I will make sure that conspiracy comes true. Yes, it's true. It's me. <laughs> So that's a, that's a saying that, hey, there will not be a uh, Mission Impossible Sound of Freedom double episode oh, next week. It's uh, like, you know, QAnon and Scientology all in one episode. That's and, actually... and there will certainly not be Haunted Mansion. Uh, I'm not even going to go back. And I think I was at the theater with you when the preview came on. I was like, didn't Eddie Murphy already do a version of this? When why do you – I to... mean, the question really is, Mike, why do you hate Rosario Dawson so much? I mean – why can't you support her? I, I'm Star not, of Clerks 2. Well, I did watch uh, Clerks 3 when it was like a Fathom event or whatever. Uh, I actually had to pay out of pocket for that. Jesus, didn't even get to use my like, you know, Regal or Cinemark points. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not supporting her Disney work. I'm not watching the Star Wars junk that she's in or whatever. I just, you know, I don't, I don't care. Man. The junk. Yeah, that's fair. That's probably a good I'm a call. middle-aged man. Why the fuck am I... <laughs> Why am I booting up Disney Plus? That's like, what's going to get me less... on the radar of Jim Caviezel. He's going to be like, ooh, this guy. <laughs> I know Mike's what he like, likes to do. Mike is, I mean, and Mike is consistent in this way. If it's not released in a theater, I do not care. Like, put some money behind it, like, and then we'll talk. Soderbergh, who you mentioned, has like two projects. One that's on his fucking website that I think has Michael Sarah. Uh, was that... Uh, Command Z, uh, which Michael Sarah also very good in Barbie, very yeah, enjoyable. We didn't even talk about Alan. Shout out yeah. to, to Alan there, um, and also <laughs> he has an HBO. Well, oh, sorry, a Max series. Oh God, uh, they just came out, and I actually, you know, I do have that one. Uh, that's on my Apple TV. That's one of the squares to to get to, but no, no Disney Plus. Not not no. doing that. Nope. Not interested. So we will get back on track. We are going to be covering what what have you've sent me? Bonnie and Clyde, uh, Nashville. I will, you know, it will take me seven years. I'll make it through <laughs> that fucking Western we mentioned in the American. Uh, was, is it Once Upon a Time in the West? Do I have that yes. Right? By the time we talk about it, I will have watched it like a year ago. <laughs> I'll be like, I don't know. It was good. You talk. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> it, it, I assure you it was not. I've made it like 35 <laughs> minutes. And I think in the first 35 minutes, two trains have stopped and someone's mm. gotten off the train. Oh, my God. And the, it's, uh, about to get, it's about to get good, Mike. It's about to get good. Come on. <laughs> Can I just watch The Dirty Feet and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again? Please, God. just. I mean, me that back. would give me a reason to make Tessa watch that movie. So that Man. that should happen. I mean, this show is now just programmed based on what she watched that yeah, week. Yeah, pretty so. much. Pretty much. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Which is to say, you know, we'll uh, we'll have some more episodes for you in our more classic format. Because, unfortunately, I do not think we're going to get another Barbenheimer. Uh, Ever again. I do not think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Gran Turismo and the last voyage of the Demeter is going to create the TikTok oh, sensation that uh, these Gran Turismo. God bless. Jesus Christ, I forgot that movie was coming out. I think I've seen that trailer 15 times and I just put it out of my brain. Every Don't worry. Time. Barbenheimer will still have all the big screens. It'll still, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be playing time for seconds on, uh, yeah. on those, which is you from know, the I'll director of this. district nine, Mike. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> my least favorite actor of all time. Yeah. Charles Copley, oh, baby. God. Jesus. <laughs> He's he's like the guy in Seven that uh, kills the prostitute with like the the like penis blade. He's just constantly like muttering to himself and just like, <laughs> why are you the lead? Why are you not the guy that's like in the movie for five minutes? And uh, did he play the Chappie? Was he the fucking robot? He Chappie? sure was. God, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, have you? glad i brought this up god damn <laughs> what country is he from again who am i which which region of this world am i picking on? i don't know i don't want to say because i don't want to be wrong <laughs> he, he's like the guy that played uh gollum with no talent because so. <laughs> at least that actor was in 13 going on 30 and he was pretty good oh jesus south africa is where charlotte copley is from well okay so on the one hand you give us charlie's throne and then the other hand you give us that I mean, I feel like we're even. I mean, that's... <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> He's worse than she is good? Is that what you're yes. saying? <laughs> wow. That is a strong statement. <laughs> uh, please just drop in the edit, drop some clips of his fucking nonsense. Just... <laughs> 
God damn. Oh, Chattering God. away. That horrible accent. God knows there will be a Chappie clip. I guarantee you. <laughs> I once watched Chappie in a theater by myself. And I was like, I was clenching and unclenching my fist. I was like, I was so fucking... <laughs> Angry. I was like George C. Scott (laughs) watching his daughter in a porno scene. (laughs) Just turn it off. Turn it off. (laughs) 